Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Hannah and we're two 20-somethings reading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we're talking about chapter four of Half-Blood Prince. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> Order and the Phoenix. <laughs> yep. Half and the Prince. Mm-hmm. So grab a glass of your favourite alcoholic beverage and join us on this drunken, reminiscent journey. story to tell you we do it's a really cute story Charlie decided for once to hang out without doing anything for the podcast god forbid god forbid no we have this running joke that we want to hang out with each other outside the podcast but our schedule when our schedules align we have to run the podcast so we're like oh we're both free this weekend well we have to do the podcast but also like it's so dumb as well because then whenever we were like but like like today whenever we actually record the podcast we spend at least at least three hours catching up yeah but then we're like but we've never hung out without doing the podcast even though we went to the pub and had a coffee together like for three hours yeah but then it's like it's dumb because that takes up recording time and then we're like why do we always record into the night it's like because we spent so we actually we need to actually force ourselves to hang out more anyway rose anyway so we'd been talking for ages about the fact that we hadn't watched high school musical since since it came out essentially yeah so and we were both free on the same weeknight wow stars of a line whoa yeah so, so i went over charlie's house that i know went. which also having never comes to mind <laughs> i know ever i traveled i know but you have been loads recently which is weird you've gone from literally having been there once to, to being there like i've been at least three times in the last month yeah yeah exactly you injured me it was great you yeah know, we, i, I crippled her i pushed her down my stairs in a violent fit of rage yeah um <laughs> so we went over and to watch High School Musical or had a takeaway take had lots of wine like it was great it was a great evening and then, then. <laughs> it all went to shit it all <laughs> went terribly wrong and then we got an email that we have been waiting for for over two years yes and luckily, I, because I knew we were waiting for it, and, and, I, and I, I had this little, you know when you have those moments in your mind when it, it's it's not like a premonition, it's more <laughs> like you're having your little daydreams and you're like, yeah. what if this happened? And I thought, what if this email came through when we were together? That would just be lovely. And as soon as I, Charlie went, Hannah, and paused it, I whipped my phone out and just pressed record. Yes. So... If you want to see the video of the moment that we, we find out, out that, that we're, we're going to Leaky Con, <laughs> then it will be on our social media. But yeah, we're going we're to Leaky fucking Leaky Con. And we're not just going. We are performing. <laughs> yeah, performing. At Leaky Con. Yes. We're going to be there in Florida doing things we don't even know what things yet but like we're going to be doing things things. like more than one providing entertainment more than one entertain billing they're calling it billings or something of us yes at leakycon yes we're going to be leaving the uk and flying to the country we keep offending (laughs) yes they're letting us in yes we're gonna meet American listener! We're gonna meet Fanatical Fix. We're gonna meet Fanatical Fix in person. We or oh, they were the first people we messaged. I we know. were like, oh my god! Literally, <laughs> like the night we found out, we were like, oh my god! <laughs> they were like, okay. <laughs> they were like, uh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> we were like, yeah. Why are we going to be from fucking America? They're like, oh, ah, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have been working on this for so long oh my god literally guys. we've been we, we, I, we've been trying not to talk about and this was the thing when we kind of you've heard us mention before like frustrated things about the pandemic stopping things in the podcast and what we kept referring to was leaky con and it's yeah, been so incredibly frustrating yeah like 2019 we were in talks with them about going in 2020 and then obviously that did not happen. But so the this... podcast did not stop. And obviously we have a limited number of books. So we were like, we're, we're running out of time. years we can go. Yeah. And then, yeah, we were talking to them and we were, I'm not being modest when I say we were expecting them to say no. Yeah. Like, I oh, genuinely... We yeah, you can come along, but you need to sort everything yourselves and you'll just yeah, be... Yeah, you, you know, can doing... come. Buy... Here's a link to buy tickets. Yeah, like... and, and you can... Which I mean, we you probably can, you can sell your merch, which would be amazing, and we probably we would have done that anyway. anyway. Like we would have come anyway. We were saving for that. We were planning for that. But, but they would like us to perform there. <laughs> yes, which is so fucking insane. Like it literally has been a full on decade. Two thousand and twelve was when I went. Yeah, and it's just mind boggling. You are going to be doing the performances that you once watched like it's it's literally like full on an entire like exactly a decade since i went just as like a fan that was idolizing all these like online harry potter content creators and then a decade later i'm going as an online harry potter content creator and that's that still hasn't registered in my brain because it's so bizarre and incredible to me and out of all of the things, there's been so many things in like the history of the podcast. That I'm just like, this is incredible. And I never would have believed it. But I think this is the weirdest one so far that I was like, I have such vivid memories of me as, <laughs> as a 17 year old, like begging to go and working up, working out how I could save to go and like then going and being just so excited for months and months and what's really weird now is because it's been a decade I keep getting all those time hop and you know those Facebook things like showing all the old like Facebook statuses and stuff about how excited I was and like I had such like lonely depressed confused teenage years and my entire comfort was in online Harry Potter content creators And I remember being so excited about going to LeakyCon because I was like, I'm finally going to meet my people. Like, I'm going to meet similar people. And I met so many incredible, amazing people that weekend of just, like, people that were the same as me that I didn't have back home. And, like, and it genuinely, to this day, was one of the best weekends of my entire life. And now not only am I going again, which I would be thrilled about regardless, but, like, I'm going as, like, I'm part of the event and that... I will never be able to fathom because yeah. what the actual fuck? Yeah, we're sounding excited right now, but it, it really hasn't sunk in. Like for me, it was like not even a possibility. I would ever go. I'd never been to America till I went to university. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't something that was on my radars of possibility. Yeah, you wanted to. I but wanted like... to. Oh my god! I was like leaking on that's so cool. But it wasn't like oh, I'm jealous because I want to go because it it just didn't register as a thing. Yeah, <laughs> and now it's like I'm going to that thing and it's only the second time i've gone to america it's only the second time i've left europe like yeah and i'll be going (laughs) on a plane yeah there to like and it's also we get to finally meet some of you guys which brings us to the point which if you would like 
to see us. Yes. We're going to be at LeakyCon. We are. In Florida. But yeah, we get to meet some of you guys, which it just fills my heart with so much joy to like meet you and touch you. No, I don't have to touch you if <laughs> Hannah, you want me to. Don't be a male YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's going to be the july 29th to the 31st um and we will be there and if you're there please let us know please come if you want to come and you can come because yeah we would love to meet as many people as we possibly fucking can whilst we're there we're so excited to finally become stateside because people keep on requesting like american meetups and stuff yeah and we um, don't quite know what will be Performing yet yeah. but it will be funny regardless and it'll be us and you know we're trying to talk to Lee about drinking whilst we're doing it so yes um but yeah any details that we have about performances that we're doing any potential meetups keep an eye on both the podcast and our social media because we will keep you updated yeah, on twitter's the probably the best place. and instagram instagram yeah follow yeah. us on all the good places yeah but yeah we will keep you guys all updated you will be hearing more about it in many more episodes to come but thank you to anyone that made this possible by listening like it's fucking incredible. You're literally making our dream. Not even our. I would never ever, ever have, have been bold enough to dream this. No. E- even when we started the podcast, no. I would not. And no. yeah, like two over two years since we first started like talking to them and trying to make this happen. That this is finally like becoming a reality. But thank you to everyone, by the way, that was trying to guess because we've hinted at a big announcement. Everyone seemed pretty convinced that the announcement was going to be that we were doing an ad fuck you <laughs> and also at one point that we were having abba on the podcast i love whoever thought that abba would come uh, to be fair we haven't asked you don't know until you ask exactly we really hope that we see you there thank you to everyone that made this a possibility thank you so much to the leaky con team we absolutely cannot wait to attend yeah it's I just can't. I don't even have the words. And also yet. for I don't me even have the words yet. now, yeah, High School Musical will forever be somehow linked to LeakyCon because yeah, we literally were watching it, and then I got the notification and it came up like email from LeakyCon on my phone, and I just like paused it <laughs> and I I couldn't even speak, so I just like clicked on the no hit notification, put my phone between me and Hannah, and then we both saw LeakyCon flash up. Hannah fucking quickly amazing instincts just like got out her phone and started recording and then it was like the world's shortest email so So we we were both like oh they're telling us we can't come it's a no like it's a no it's a short email it's a no and then we like just both started reading and then at some point charlie cries in this video oh yeah yeah yeah. of course i do i cry everything but like yeah at some point it kind of sunk into us that the email we were reading wasn't a rejection email (laughs) oh yeah just it's good go yeah the video will be on our social media it's very cute yeah it's it's worth watching and if you think we aren't gonna milk the shit out of vlog content for this oh that's oh the vlogs we're doing full like zoella sprinkle glitter Glitter 2012 style going to vidcon vlogs yeah and you are going to love it yes anyway goodbye bye should we do the the patreones Patronas. The Patronas. Mm. A Hedwig size thank you to Hermes Hannah, who has upgraded their pledge. A Jawbone size thank you to Jack. A Sexy Back size thank you to Susie. A Leg Skin size thank you to Leah. What's leg skin? The skin on your leg. Why not just leg size thank you? Because I said Jawbone, so then I said leg skin. 
That's gross. A spaghetti size thank you to Simon. A head hole size thank you to the Helga. A Kelpie size thank you to Courtney. Oh. A dick vein size thank you to Deanna. And a Bridget Jones's spank size thank you to Bridget. I like giving them weird themes that you don't participate in. Well, I think if we add themes, I'm I'm denying you the themes because if we add another thing in, we just can't keep layering on the random way these things evolve. From now on, I'm going to be doing themes and you guys have to just try and work out the theme that I'm doing that Hannah's ignoring. And this one was... Like, gross body parts. Just like really like specific elements of body parts. What to say head hole? Like all like your nostrils and your ears and your mouth. Head holes then. I said head holes. Oh, I heard head hole. I was like, if you chop off your head, is it like where your neck goes? No, in? but that would that would be one of the holes if it was there. Like really any any other like miscellaneous holes you have, but you know, like the typical ones are your nostrils, ears and mouth. You might have extra, I don't know. Read out the review. This review is from Ms. Nice Girl. Love you guys. Such great podcasts and feels like I have finally found people who are wanting to be critically analyse Harry Potter. It's taken a hot minute, but I think, stress on think, that I can tell you guys apart. Love from Australia. My favourite part about this review is I think we can all agree that that is a glowing review, right? Yeah, it sounds it. It says love and, and, and love. Not a, Not a single piece of criticism there no so why did you give us four stars what did we do <laughs> tell us what you minus to star for what, what was the what, why not five <laughs> at least tell us where we could don't tell us where we could improve because we're both really bad with constructive criticism and we don't like it i don't understand the concept i take all constructive criticism as insults it, oh, it, yeah. yes it is an issue in the workplace no i am not working to fix it <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you so much for that. I honestly, <laughs> I just started to lose it because the 70% stuff has really fucked me up. Oh, I'm weird. I feel weird. Yeah. Like, weird. It's like, I think it's a combination of being really tired from not sleeping, the drinking black coffee and moonshine. I also who, had a sleep- Who would have known that that com- com- combination is not good? I also had a CVD drink earlier. <laughs> That should have mellowed you out. Yeah, but I don't think it makes sense with black coffee and 70% alcohol. Oh, you hipster drinking your CBD drinks. Well, you know, uh, the brand sent us some to the office. Oh. Yeah, they sent us a whole case of them. Right, the alcohol. This alcohol is from Ashley. And Ashley, she's... I I like it, you know? I like it because it's unique Mm -hmm. and it makes no sense to me. So Ashley wrote a shot of vodka. Cool. Followed by Truly Lemonade, which is an American hard seltzer, which we don't have here. But she did put in brackets, any hard seltzer, not White Claw. I want to know why not White Claw. What did White Claw do to you? Did White Claw murder your family? I'm wondering if White Claw is like bad or trashy in America because here it's the first hard seltzer that arrived two years ago and still the main one you can get in shops. Like if you are searching for hard seltzer, it's 90% White Claw. And a few other brands that have trickled yeah. in. I hate that Americans call like alcoholic things hard, like hard lemonade, hard seltzer, like yeah. hard cider, because apparently cider yeah. doesn't mean alcoholic over there. Yeah. What was I like? Grey's Anatomy. No. Oh. I constantly get confused when the teetotalers drink cider in that. I'm like, what do you do? Oh. There was something the other day that was like going on about like children drinking cider. 
And I was like, for people that don't know, this yeah. must be really confusing. Yeah. So, yeah. Followed by a truly lemonade, brackets, any hard seltzer, but not White Claw. So I had to find one that wasn't White Claw. With gin and ice. This is 100% basic bitch alcoholic seltzer. So I eat, well, actually, like, just to confirm, because I can't get truly lemonade... You want us to alcohol up an alcoholic seltzer and take a shot. And she was like, yes. That, I feel, is in keeping with the spirit of this podcast. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the specificity of not White Claw. And you need to tell us what's wrong with White Claw in America. Because, yeah, like... Hard seltzers only arrived two years ago. Like, I had never heard of one before, never seen one. They were not sold here. But then it, like, arrived and suddenly everyone was drinking them in the yeah. park. And it was White Claw. They it, are a good tinny, though. They are a great tinny. Yeah, everyone needs to... I'm, we're finally at tinny weather. I've not actually had tinnies in a park yet, but we're at that weather. We're at the weather. I love how White Claw decided, like, I'm going to go to the UK. And, yeah. And we, we took them. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we're, like, tinny people. We're a tinny brand of people. Yeah, I mean, and like it's like because like a lot of countries you're not allowed to like drink in parks. No, and stuff. it's which like how, how did you guys like do your like not lockdown lockdowns but your easing of lockdowns? Yeah, it's, it's wild. The only me. activity, right? Yeah. Let's do the shot of vodka. Cheers. Right. Oh, oh. I mean, child's play after the moonshine, but still, ooh. Oh, that's disgusting. Well, it's got gin in it. Yeah, it's not very nice, is it? I can't tell if it's because my mouth still tastes like vodka. I thought it would be refreshing and it's not. I think it's also like... I got lemon and lime flavour because that was the only flavour of the only other brand that they were selling in the shop I went Mm. into, which wasn't even a brand I recognised. Like, I was hoping to get one of the other brands that's, like, cool and nice here. Like, is there a brand called Jimmy's that has, like, quite cool packaging or something like that? And then there's... M&S now do their own, which are oh. really nice. This one's a bit shit. I think it's because lemon-lime, not sweet. Seltzer, not sweet. Gin, not sweet. I think it's a lot of very, like, bitter-sour flavours. It's also not that busy. And other seltzers I've tried are really fizzy. Maybe I just picked up some old cans. I feel like this would be nice if it was, like, sweeter. This is what I always think with seltzer, though. It's not... And I know the point is it doesn't have much sugar in it. And I like that as someone that can't have a lot of sugar. But, like, it's not it's, it's not sweet enough, yeah. Yeah, because I think it's, like, the combination of the seltzer and the gin. Because mm. they're both quite, like... Well, the seltzer is vodka-based. Like tart the right word? Like... Mm, bitter. Like, like, but not... I feel like it's not bitter, but it's, like... It's not tart. Tart is like... But you know... Yeah, I know like what a you're word. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I can see how this would be a great pre-drink drink that would get you drunk really fast because you're drinking something as alcoholic as beer and adding spirits to it yeah. without you really noticing. Yeah. So, like, that's quite a good pre-drink drink. Yeah, that is true. Might try it at some point. So... Ashley also sent a message basically asking for a little specific shout out, which, you know, if you're a produce level peer, ta- t- did you hear that? Produce level peer Tatreon, I said. Mm-hmm. You started beatboxing. If you're a producer level, Charlie, the 72% stuff has really fucked me up. If I believe you, it's a Wednesday. If you are a producer level tier Patreon, we do special little things like this. So Ashley says, I am a. Histotechnologist. 
We are the people in labs that take tissue submitted for review by surgeons and prepare it for pathologists. We take the tissue, process it, put it on slides and do various stains to help determine various diagnoses. Diagnosis. Is the plural of diagnosis diagnosis or diagnoses? Diagnoste. <laughs> Diagnoste. <laughs> Diagnosti. Diagnosti. <laughs> totally understaffed all around the world. The dinosaurs of the lab are retiring left and right with COVID and bullshit. And there's practically no one to replace them. Could you give a shout out to histotechnology? Sorry, I know it may sound silly, but it feels safe asking you. Yes, Aww, we can. That's really sweet. And, and that's, also, that's a really cool job. It is a really cool job. And it's the kind of thing that like you don't think about people doing. Like I think when you often think of healthcare... You think of doctors and nurses because they're the people mm. you see when you have something wrong with you. But you don't think of like, there are like a hundred jobs behind the scenes being done by people who never you never meet, who never get as much thanks as doctors and nurses. Yeah. Not that doctors and nurses get enough thanks, but you know. Yeah. Like, and yeah. So what a cool job. Well done. Yeah. Chapter four. Horace Slughorn. Horace Slughorn. Great name brilliant name. Harry just feels supremely orcs around Dumbledore, which is such a mood. As someone who is so socially awkward, especially around like people I feel slightly intimidated by, I just, I really felt for Harry in this chapter, because on one hand I was being like, he's being so awkward, then I was like, no, this is exactly how I'd act. Yeah. It wouldn't be a Harry Potter book unless we learn a new mode of transport in the first few chapters of a book that will later become important. This happens in every book. Hmm. So yeah. I only just realised that this is our first. First like... one, magical train. Second one, magical car becomes important at the end. Third one, Buckbeak becomes important at the end. It's kind of transporty. It takes you from <laughs> A to B. It's tenuous, but it it works. And in book seven, they discover walking. <laughs> Fourth one, Porkies. Yeah. Fifth one, Thestrals. Thestrals. This one, Apparition, which, yeah, I didn't realise, but yes. First time, like it's well, been it might done. Have been Fred and George, and Fred but... and George have done it in front of Harry. But this is like we're learning, like mm-hmm. what it is, what it feels like. So basically, yeah. Dumbledore side along apparition. But then, what is the next book? Seven. Walk. No, no, because it's only the film they walk. This always pisses me off when people are like it's a load of walking. They never actually walk in the book. No. That is a lie. There isn't one in seven. It, my argument falls down because you've learned everything there Dragon. is to learn. Dragon. <laughs> Motherfucking dragon! Stop! Trap door! How do I get that reference? Dumbledore says that Voldemort is employing occlumency against Harry, so he will no longer be spied upon, which means Harry can't see Voldemort's thoughts anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is good, because that shit's annoying. <laughs> Harry then proves that he has no social etiquette and is a shitting idiot when he asked Dumbledore why can't you just separate into people's houses I don't know think it fucking through think how like violating (laughs) can you imagine if you arrived to record this podcast by apparating into my flat I'd be like get out yeah Harry Harry sweet summer child I get that he's saying he might be saying why are we walking across the entire village like fair enough they walk quite far it seems to take them like 10 minutes but like no you can't just operate into someone's living room you'd kill them (laughs) what if they're having a wank (laughs) (laughs) what if they're just naked some people are well Slughorn literally says he's he was in the bath yeah so like 
Do you want do you want to see that, Harry? Do you want to see he that? It gets changed quickly. Yeah. Really fast. Like, I'm not sure that, like, yeah, I could probably put my clothes on. I feel like that would take me two minutes depending on the outfit. He sets a whole I've been killed trap and puts clothes on and turns himself into an armchair. I feel like he must have had things kind of like planned out at the register. Like, he had the blood files ready to go. Yeah. I mean, he does have magic to help him. Yeah, but I feel like even thinking in that time what you were going to do. It's like I always, like anywhere that I spend a lot of time, I think, come the zombie apocalypse, what am I doing? How am I getting out of here? I feel like he had a... I don't want to get out of the zombie apocalypse. Just kill me straight away. Like, Turn me straight away. I'm not interested. I've seen all the zombie... I haven't seen all the zombie movies. I'm not interested. I've seen enough of them and the the TV shows to know that trying to live looks worse Mm. than dying. And much like the Hunger Games, just do me off at the beginning. Yeah. Like, in a way, I do agree. It's like that I saw like a TikTok the other day on like how to survive like a nuclear bomb. And it's like, don't. Why would I want to? Yeah. But I feel like in the case of a zombie apocalypse, as like a ma- like for me, it's like a matter of pride that right. I wouldn't want to like survive the entire time. But I wouldn't want to be like the first to go. Yeah, if that I makes do sense. get that. Yeah, like I would want to last like maybe like two weeks, you know, like long enough that it's like yeah, like I I, I gave a real go of this. Like I wasn't easy to kill. Okay, especially depending what kind of zombies they were. Like if they were like the slow walking zombies, and I like immediately died, I would be so pissed off at myself yeah it's embarrassing like yeah, I, that I is that. so easy to escape but if it's the running zombies i might just want yeah. to go but also like it depends as well because it's like i mean saying this funnily enough i was gonna be like it depends because if it's like just your country and you could feasibly like escape but then i remembered that our you know entire global pandemic response was a piece of fucking shit so no it would spread globally yeah. but like you know there was a way that you could like there was a safe haven yeah then you maybe would want to survive yeah yeah but yeah i mean, I wouldn't want to die immediately that's fair yeah like you don't want to be the first one to die in a horror film that's embarrassing it's embarrassing embarrassing yeah. it's embarrassing basically dumbledore's like yeah we're trying to persuade a teacher out of retirement so that makes for a fun harry potter ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that this is included. I mean, it's a good chapter, but it's just like... No, hi. and it becomes important it later. Be, but but right now, like, you're just like... I'm eh? reading a children's book where they're going to persuade a shit. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. It's also so last minute. Right? No, we're only two weeks into the eight-week holidays. Oh, okay. Yeah. They get their exam results really quickly. Really quickly. They did the exams four weeks four weeks ago. That's so quick. I mean, I suppose they haven't got a whole country smarts. They just have Harry's year group. Yeah. And half of them had died at this point. Well, quite. Yeah. Yeah. There's like 20 of them left. <laughs> Who's died in Harry's year group? Nobody. No, but, uh, okay, people are definitely, you know, dying that were just nameless characters. Lovely. Well, no, all the staircases and yeah, the yeah, forest the death quotas, yeah, yeah, yeah. There aren't many left, so they don't have many to mark. So yeah, they get the results after four weeks after doing the exams, with six weeks left to go on the holidays. I always think the holidays are eight weeks for no plot reasons. I just think that must be what they are. Mm. 
Sure. For some reason, I can't remember the context. Dumbledore is explaining something to Harry, and Harry's like, I know, Hermione Granger told me. Why are you using her full name? As if there's another Hermione. As if there's another Hermione. She's one of the prefects and she has been in all your messes since year one. I think Dumbledore knows who Hermione is. I don't think you need to be like, Hermione Granger. It's more for the reader. Yeah. If you're picking up book six for no you would no because she does tell you what this book is the first time we really haven't had harry potter with had the boy wizard we, we haven't had that this book actually i've realized now four yeah. chapters in so that's something but yeah why are you calling her hermione granger yeah bizarre harry's like yo dumbledore my man the fuck's going on with your hand yeah and um, dumbledore's like eh, don't worry about it it's fine. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's a great story. Don't talk about it. And then Harry's like, so the news. That's a hot topic of conversation yeah. for this walk. Dumbledore's like, lol, you didn't do any of the security questions with me. Yeah. Raspberry jam's my favourite jam. Which, like, yes, correct. It's both our favourite jams. It is the correct favourite yeah. flavour of jam. But, like, I, I actually, I like this because, yeah, because Harry, you know, says about the security pamphlets because he wants to ask about the... Inferno? Yes, couldn't remember the word. I was thinking dead bodies. Zombies. Yeah, zombies. zombies. And he brings them up and Dumbledore's like, what do you think of them? Which I, I enjoy. I feel like Dumbledore's kind of testing his like... He's being very teachery, isn't he? Yeah. He's like, can I ask this question? Well, what do you think the answer is? Yeah. And like Harry's such a dimwit without like a critical thought in his head. He, he is like... Eh. But yeah, and then, yeah, Dumbledore basically is like kind of takes the piss out of it by being like, you haven't asked me my favourite jam. Um, Like he clearly is just like those pamphlets are like a heap of shit. And it like, again, this reminds me so much of like the whole COVID response thing when we just had like so much like random useless conflicting advice that like... I mean, the the security question thing makes some sense to me. Prep a question which only a person close to you could know the answer to and ask it when someone arrives at the door. I don't think that's that bad. Sure, for me and you, because neither of us can read minds or use magic to torture information out of each other. Mm. Unfortunately enough in the wizarding world, those things are possibilities. Yeah, because it is kind of like, oh, I haven't opened the door to you. I think it's if it's a death eater, they're just going to blast the door also, down. could you imagine if we had a security question? What would it be? No, but also, I would not remember. <laughs> I wouldn't remember the question. Or the answer. Well, it's meant to be something that you would already know. Like, what's your favourite flavour of jam? I would forget somehow. <laughs> your favourite flavour of yes. jam? Yes. That's pretty... I mean, you know when you set, like, a security question on a thing and you're like... Yeah, that time I set it as J.K. Rowling and then it was the same security question for years and then I had to answer it to, to delete the account and they were, like, on the phone in the middle of my office trying to get me to answer who I would invite to a dinner party and I was like... Is it Taylor Swift? And they were like, no. And I was like, is it J.K. Rowling? Yes. <laughs> Good. Thanks, 14-year-old Hannah, for that one. Yeah. My, for some reason, student loan security question is, where did you meet your spouse? Because I think my parents set up the account for me. <laughs> so it was just like the town in which they met. And yeah, every time I'm like, hmm, where did I meet my spouse? I always like the ones that are like, who is your best friend? And I'm like, 
when did I set this? Mm. And why is this question weirdly judgmental towards me? Who is your best friend? <laughs> I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> Pick one, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> we learn that in Fearite, a corpse is bewitched to do a wizard's bidding, which is gross. Mm. Thanks for this introduction in book six. Really hate this. Yep, dislike. I mean, we're going dark. My question, which I've never thought about before, they just say do a dark wizard's bidding. I'm guessing in fear I can't do magic. Like if they're doing a dark wizard's bidding, they don't have the ability to do magic because you need it like flowing. I would guess no, purely based on when we see them. It's not like any of them. Yeah. But then Snape asked that question, like, how do you tell, oh, how how do you tell the difference between a fear I and a ghost? And ghosts also can't do magic. Yeah, and Ron sits <laughs> We're not even at it yet. And I'm so excited. <laughs> the best line of the book. <laughs> yeah, really dark. Well, it's not a children's book anymore. Like animated dead corpses. <laughs> they reach the house and the door is hanging off the hinges. And they walk in and it is a mess. There's blood all over the walls. The chandeliers on the floor. The picture frames are all smashed. It is a mess. So Dumbledore walks in and he's like, oh no. And stabs an armchair with his wand. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh no. Lol. Psych. Um, uh, Harry. This is one of those moments that makes me so sad that we had such a shitty Dumbledore in the film. This could have been so like, funny. Imagine this actually done well. Yeah. Like, oh, chef's kiss. <sighs> yeah. So... It, it turns out the armchair is a, and I quote, fat, bald, old man. Charming. Great. <laughs> Harry gets worse at judging people by their looks as he gets older. Mm-hmm. And by Harry, we mean JK, JK Rowling. Rowling. We can immediately tell that this is going to be a morally dubious character because he's been described as fat and bald and therefore we know he's probably not going to be a good I mean okay so Slughorn I would say is our most grey character in the book yes apart from Snape Dumbledore alright okay we have a few but Slughorn is the like the one that, okay Snape is introduced as bad Dumbledore is introduced as good and both are grey Slughorn yeah. is introduced as grey remains grey he's always grey which and he's, he is one of my favourite characters he's yeah. absolutely fantastic yeah. he's also like dislikable He's grey, but, like, you don't like the man. Yes, but we all know a slughorn as well, or multiple slughorns. But, like, he is, you're right, described as bad characters are, which, like, sets you up to believe he's bad, and he's not. He's not good. He's not good, but he's not bad. He's not evil. Yeah, but he is dislikable. Yeah. Like, personally dislikable. Like, you would not want to hang out with him. But you would if you wanted to get ahead. To meet the right people. To do networking. Yeah, that's a Slytherin. I'm like, Bleh. You're meant to do networking as a Slytherin. Bleh. I start posting on LinkedIn. That That's too far already. You you are Slughorn. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to start collecting people. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's a fat bald old man but with a walrus like moustache which has been used to describe Mr Dursley so he is wearing though lilac silk pyjamas and a maroon velvet jacket which means this man is an icon he can only be described as an Mm. do we think he's 
Do we think he's a uh, fruity? Uh, he's wearing lilac silk pajamas and a maroon jacket. Does that not answer the question for you? A maroon velvet jacket. Yeah. And he's played quite fruity in the films. And as we know, J.K. Rowling hates the gays. Yes. So if this is a morally dubious character. The other way we can tell is by him being queer coded. I mean, I think, I think he's quite queer coded personally. Yeah, he's definitely queer coded. It's whether he's like actually gay. But yeah, she's but no like the other way. To, no teachers are allowed to be with anyone. So are they actually not allowed? No, or of course are they they're not. not. McGonagall was married at one point. They are allowed. She just couldn't be bothered to actually write it. Yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. With J.K. Rowling, you knew you know that someone's like evil, morally dubious, uh, by them being unattractive and or queer coded. Like, again, it's like Umbridge. Not only is she unattractive, but she's butch. Yeah. Also... Voldemort is, you know, described as, like, feminine in a lot of ways. Yeah, he has a very high-pitched voice. There's, like, Quirrell. There's Karkaroff. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, it's the same with all characters. Yeah. He's fruity, therefore he's ominous, because she is a homophobe. Yes. But the maroon velvet jackets also made me think fruity because that's what they put Sirius in in film five. And that's big fruity energy. That's so fruity. <laughs> that Sirius like, is fruity. Thank you to whatever costume person did the velvet smoking jackets. Beautiful, um, beautiful. A beautiful choice. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about what your actual genitalia is. Either way, you need your dick sucked. But yeah, like the same thing in this, but lilac silk. But I mean, I want a pair. I want, I want, I want this outfit. That does sound like, I really wish that I was the kind of person that just owned like silk negligees, you know? (laughs) Like, I want to be that girl. I'm not that girl. I did buy a silky nightdress last year and it is nice to wear in summer because it's cool. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But like, I'm just, yeah. I wish maybe one day I will buy myself one. Slughorn does not seem that upset that he's been caught doing whatever the fuck he was doing and him and Dumbledore rearrange the room together, which, like, I really like in the films, is the classic, like, Harry sees magic for the first time and remembers that being a wizard is cool. Yeah. Horace is like, what gave me away? And Dumbledore's like, There's, there was no dark march, you absolute tit. He's like, I didn't have time! Which, question implies that he could have if he had had time. I assume it would be like a replica of one just to scare people and not the real one. But that makes you question what a real one is and what a fake one is. Exactly. Because to me, and I don't know if this was just me imagining this or it actually is implied. I feel like it's implied that it's like something that like either really difficult to do or you would have to be in the know to do. I have no idea. I feel like it's I kind mean, we of know implied. the incantation, Mos Mordor, but yeah, I always assumed only someone who had the dark yeah. mark could cast a dark mark. Exactly. So, like, weird, weird, weird phrasing. Yeah, it is, no, you're right, it is. It's also dragon's blood on the walls, and mm. then we learn a little bit more about this character because he's like, dragon's blood is so expensive right now, and Horace Lockhorn is a rich man who likes to know the price of things and be richer. Mm-hmm. Lock- I definitely think he was avoiding Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah, like, he is actually on the run, so he explains he's doing all this because he's on the run. But I definitely think he was avoiding Dumbledore. Yeah. 
But he, Dumbledore ain't that dumb. He's not dumb. So, but then Slughorn spots Harry, which how did you not spot? He's been in the room. Like, do you just I think not you just look- wouldn't look at... Yeah. Of course you'd look at who else is in the room. Like, oh, hi. Maybe Harry's hmm. that short. Like, we know Harry's canonically <laughs> short. And literally out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, Harry's just behind an object. Yeah. And then he's like, whoa, you brought him. He gets all uppity. He's like, you know, this This is what you thought was going to convince me. Yeah. I'm- and then it does. Yeah. So then he starts proclaiming, like, he's like, no, no, you can't do this. You can't bring him here. I'm old. I want a quiet, comfortable life. I'm retired. And Dumbledore kind of does a gesture. I can't remember what he says when he does it, but he spreads out his hands. And I've always just like, I don't know. I've just skimmed over this bit and not noticed it. And this time, because I was doing a close reading, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So Dumbledore spreads out his hands. And Harry goes, oh, there's a ring on the non-injured hand, which he's never spotted before. And it's Mm -hmm. old and ugly and cracked down the middle. And Harry, like the narrator points out, Slughorn spots it too and frowns. And I just never picked up on this line. So the ring is like purposely pointed out to the reader. It's pointed out that Slughorn spots it. And him frowning is like, maybe not in this moment, but later when he thinks about it or in this moment, he recognises it. He saw Riddle wearing it in Riddle's sixth or seventh year. And if he stopped to think about it, which presumably he is while he's having this conversation with Harry or over like before he comes back to Hogwarts, he knows that if that's the ring that Riddle owned, even if he doesn't 100% know it's a Horcrux and doesn't 100% know, like Zlogon is an extremely intelligent man. He can put together that that ring was Voldemort's. Dumbledore has an injured hand. Dumbledore is hunting Horcruxes, because Slughorn's mm. the only other person that knows about them. And Slughorn, even if he doesn't want to be the person that like helps defeat Voldemort, he knows that the he knows that the only way Voldemort he's been sitting on the information that the only way Voldemort can be defeated is by the Horcruxes being defeated. Yeah. So he now knows that Dumbledore is trying to get rid of the Horcruxes. And even if he doesn't want to join in, he's like, well, that's the only way they can be defeated. So someone is doing that. Yeah. I mean, yes, like my brain didn't immediately go that far because I actually kind of thought about this the opposite way where I was like, why did Dumbledore let him see that? Because surely it lets him know that he's going to be chasing him for the memory. This was my other thought. Yeah, Yeah. like, you know, it kind of brings that all a bit up. But like, yes, like, because I do like that interpretation because I can't think of another reason why Dumbledore would let him see it unless it was genuinely just a mistake. Like he meant to just show him his hand and forgot about his bling bling. But then it's like, I feel like there's like quite a leap from seeing like an old ring, remembering exactly where you've seen that ring. Yeah. And then being like, ah, what if that was made into a Horcrux? Because he wouldn't necessarily know what objects were made into Horcruxes. Yeah, I don't believe Um, all that thought process takes place in that moment. I think the frown is like, I've seen that ring before. Yeah. And then I think these thought processes are what's happening from now until when Harry finally gets the memory out of him. To me, I interpreted the frown always as more of like, because it's like the ring's got like, wait, no, it doesn't have an S on, does it? That's the locket. It has like some scratches on, but you can barely see them because it's been split down the middle. Yeah. I don't know, because yeah, I feel like it would be such a leap to assume that it was a Horcrux. So yeah, it's weird. Like... I think Slughorn's very intelligent and if 
he sat and thought about it, which I think he does for the next few months. This isn't all happening in this moment. But he knows that he told Riddle about Horcruxes. And then on one of the next meetings, Riddle was wearing the ring. I don't know, because I feel like this has to serve the immediate purpose of getting him to agree. Or it serves no purpose, because... Like, hmm. and I don't know, it's just like, like that's such a leap, especially because, you know, everyone agrees that if you were going to make a Horcrux, you would make it a pebble and throw it into the sea, right? There must be some magic where it has to be some sort of important object, otherwise it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but like, we never learn about that. No, we don't. But it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, this is, I'd love to hear people's theories because I don't feel like anything we've come up with makes perfect sense to me yet. No, and I'd never picked up on this line of him going like, the gesture is like that. He goes like, yeah, like he he stretched. Maybe out his it fingers. genuinely was just an accident. He meant to be like, oh yeah, look at my look at my mangled hand, and he just forgot. But that's not a very good thing either, because it's kind of like, look, I've been injured. I'm yeah. fighting Voldemort. Come work with me. I guess, but I think he's trying to like relate to him, and be like, just because you're old doesn't mean you should retire. Have you thought about voting Conservative? We're going to increase the pension age to 3,092. I think Slughorn knows that at some point he has to give over this memory. Hmm. But he is like, I'll do it on my deathbed. But surely then he wouldn't want to come back to Hogwarts because he knows he has to give it over at some point. I don't know. He's such a complex character. Because we'll we'll go into the, all that, yeah, in many many chapters time. Many many chapters, yeah. I just found this this bit with the ring really interesting. Um, yeah, it's also just good set up for the ring. I didn't know it had been set up this early. I knew the hand had been set up this early. It didn't know the ring was in it this early. So it's fun when I realize because I know I feel like I don't know this book that well because so many things already by chapter four have surprised me. Yeah. So I just feel like I don't know it as well as yeah. The I others. kind of agree actually. I know um, book seven really well. I don't think I know this one as well, which is weird for me. I think, yeah, it's also like the film wasn't that loyal to it. No. I know that can be said for like all of the last ones. No, but the but film, this one really isn't. Yeah, exactly. It like, kind of went off in its own little rom-com direction. Yeah, because like, I'm really excited for Connor to read this because this is, you don't get any of the plot of this film in. No. And once again, I know we can say this, but the plot here is... So important. Yeah. Slughorn is then like, oh, I've been on the run for the Death Eaters for a year. I've been staying in muggle houses whilst they're on holiday. This is fucking creepy. Mm. Like, it made me think like, oh my God, what if what if he's like stayed... Like, what if someone stayed in your house without you knowing while you were on holiday for a week? That's, that thought just really creeps me out. No, the worst ones are when it's like someone staying there when you're there. You know, all the ones where it's like someone had like an attic or a basement yeah, you know, that or like to my cousin. space. You know, that happened to my cousin, don't you? What? Yeah, one of my cousins. This is actually really creepy. She kept. I'm not lying. I'm gonna. I'm, I, I know it sounds like a lie. So when she went on maternity leave, she started hearing noises in the day that she had never heard in the evenings and mornings before because she'd been working full time. And she started hearing them during the day. And she kept saying to her husband, like, "I'm I'm hearing these noises, like people moving about." And he was like, "No, you're just you're at home alone with the baby. This is just what the house sounds like. You, mm. Like you're fine." No, no, no. There were refugees living in her attic. They were fine. They weren't... She wasn't in any danger. Yeah. But there were uh, four refugees living in her attic. How, one when ha- she was at home all day with a baby. Yeah. One, how have you never told me this before? Two, how did they get in there? How long had they been in there? Three, how was this discovered? I don't know how I've never told you before. 
I don't know about how they got in and out. I believe it wasn't just her attic and she lived in an attached house and it was across all three. So that's mm. why the noise wasn't constant because otherwise she would have discovered it a lot sooner. And they might have been getting in and out through like one of the houses next to her was empty or something. And yeah. that's also why it wasn't such a big deal because it wasn't just their house. It was like all three houses. Mm. That's wild to have like conjoined attics. I know. Though. It was... I, <laughs> I can't remember all the details and it might, this might be one of the things where I'm misremembering slightly and it might not have been my cousin. It might have been like a best friend of my cousin and I just vividly remember the story mm. because it was told to me. But it was someone who was either, is an extended family member of mine or very close to an extended family member of mine. Mm. And I don't remember your last question. How did they get found out? Um, Someone saw them leaving and coming, I think, and like called the police or something. That's wild. My grandma lives in like a really really like old like three-story house yeah and that actually has like tunnels between Lovely. her house and some of the that's, other ones that's terrifying and yeah but like as a child i was like this is fascinating <laughs> because this is like secret tunnel shit like this is amazing this is like so cool and then i think naturally they had them like blocked up and yeah. i was like why would you ever do that this is like the coolest thing on earth the fact that you have like literal like tunnels but i'm like even if they're being blocked up i couldn't sleep in that house knowing like that there's like tunnels like well you know uh we discovered that there is like a good four foot three foot gap in between the flat downstairs and here not a filled in gap an empty gap hmm i don't want to think about what's in the empty yeah gap. rats but probably. yeah you do see like videos and i know like probably in the majority of them are fake but you know like videos where it's like someone put up a camera because they heard noises and you, you see someone like crawl out of like a crawl space into their kitchen and stuff and whilst i know that probably most of them are fake that still is a thing that does happen yes yes it happened to someone that i either is in my family or that i yeah but at least when knows. it's like obviously it's still creepy but like an attic is at least you're like it's an attic but it's like it, to me it's when they're literally like in the walls yeah, in the walls or something that I'm like, ooh. slughorns in your walls. Mm. Yeah, the whole thing is creepy. Imagine as well, like, because you would assume, like, he'd probably do, like, a good job of, like, cleaning up after himself. But imagine, like, you get back off holiday, you get in bed and you're like, my bed smells weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I doubt he'd do the laundry. And I doubt he would know how. And he's rearranging things. He's not just living in the house. He brings in all his framed photographs. Yeah. So what's he moving to put his framed photographs of? Like, it's the kind of thing where you'd get back and he would have probably done a really good job, but you'd get back and be like, that shelf is in a slightly different order to what I left in. And your brain would go... And they constantly bring this up in the books that muggles just don't notice mm. things. And the whole point is that, yes, they do. They just, because they don't know yeah. magic is real. And I it's love just, this because I think it's true. It's true. You just say things, it's a coincidence. I really like this in the books because I agree. I, I, like, I think it is really realistic. Like when mm. Mr. Weasley said, oh, muggles just think they're losing their keys. How could they be so silly? It's like, well, what's the alternative? Yeah. But I hate the idea that you'd get back off holiday and be like, oh, those candles aren't, in the order that I left them in, but oh, it, I must have done it and I've forgotten because I have definitely done things like that yeah. before. I've come back in and been like, I don't think I left it like that, but I must have done. Or you just think, oh, if you live with someone, oh, they will have done it while they're cleaning. It yeah. wasn't me. Or like, I do genuinely forget things sometimes because I kept getting really annoyed with my housemate because 
like any time I would go to use the toaster, it would be turned off. And I was like, it's really annoying. Like, why is this the one appliance that she keeps turning off at the wall? Like, it was just really annoying me. Yeah. And then one day I like toasted something and then I went to do my normal thing that I always do. Um, kids don't do this, where I then went to fish it out with a metal sure. fork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and whenever I do that, I turn it off at the wall so that I don't electrocute myself. It was And you. then one day after like the hundredth time of me doing this, I was like... Oh, it's, it's me! me. <laughs> so yeah, muggles yeah. are gonna think these yeah. things. I have no memory, but I just find this really creepy. Even though, mm. like, you would just think whatever. E- oh yeah, and also like, either how often is he moving around, or like, how long are these muggles' holidays? A week. He says every week. That's stressful man but even with magic that's stressful but also how would he know when they're coming back how would he know what yeah like i know magic can do a lot but how the fuck does he know their calendars their wall calendars he'll walk in and check oh, when yeah, they've got a wall calendar 90s before gcal yeah they'll like be like me and neil with a wall calendar mm. see Imagine don't if have they a came wall- back off holiday a day earlier they were like yeah Hi. <laughs> yeah, don't have a wall calendar, Hannah. You're basically inviting Slughorn. <laughs> Come into my house. A content warning, which I'll put in the description. The centaur thing is mentioned, which I wish I didn't have to bring up, but I do because it answers our question and I didn't realise our question would be answered in this book because it really, really, really implies. So basically the line is, Slughorn's like, I don't want to come work at that school. I've heard what you do to teachers Mm. Don't think I haven't heard what happened to Umbridge. This confirms it, does it not? This, like, to me, confirms that, like, the adults know something that the kids don't, that the kids have been too stupid to realise. I don't know, because it's like, either way, she didn't... They didn't carry her off for uh, shits and giggles, you know? Like, either way, bad things happen. Whether those things were sexual assault or not... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. To me, it just adds they... another nail in the coffin of its sexual yeah. assault. No, I do agree that it was sexual assault, but I'm not sure this line fully confirms it because, yeah, I feel like they, you know, they they did something bad, whether it was, like, psychological, like, physical, sexual, or all three or, you know. Yeah. It's weird. Mm. It's brought up again in this book. It's like J.K. Rowling being like, yeah, I did write it. No, 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 no. Yeah. So then Dumbledore's like, no, I'm going to leave the room. So Harry has to deal with this. Well, yeah, can you cause... imagine anything more awkward than the oh, person, the mutual person you know? Like, it's when you're like at a party and someone introduces you to someone and then walks off and you're like, no, 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 don't leave. Yeah. Don't leave me. No. <laughs> yeah. But like, he does it well because he kind of waits for Harry to like naturally start talking. And then the minute Harry starts talking, to be like, oh, yeah, unbridge that bitch. Need Dumbledore just like stands up and he's like, I'm going. I'm going now. Need a piss. Bye. Yeah. And then <laughs> Slughorn to fill the sirens is like, you you look like your dad. And Harry's like, yeah, I know. Mm. And then he's like, you've got... And Harry goes, yeah, my mum's eyes, I've been told. And then Harry, the narrator, says, he finds this wearing. Dude, your parents are dead. Yeah. And you find it wearing when people comment that you look like your parents and those people commenting it are people that knew your parents Mm. when they were alive which you never did and you find it a bit exhausting this is not true this is a bullshit line it's just it's just not true for what we know from harry it's stupid that it's in here and it really pisses me off that's because he hates his mum he doesn't mind being told he looks like his dad but then they're like in your mother's he's like shut up up, i know fucking (laughs) mum tell me more about daddy take 
my mom's name <laughs> out <laughs> your goddamn mouth. Yeah, I just, how does he not care? And then Slughorn says Lily was one of his favourites, which A, is great that we're talking about Lily for once and not yes. James. I'm so happy. But B, please don't use the word vivacious Ooh. as an adult man to describe a child. I know mm. she was an adult when she died, barely, but she was a child <laughs> when you taught her. So please don't use the word yeah. vivacious. Didn't pick up on that, but good point. Good point. <laughs> Sirius is then dropped into conversation casually. Slughorn's like, cut, you know, this person that died. I wanted the set because I had regulars. So this tells us what? that people are not people to Slughorn. They are objects. Woo! Nice man. Yep, lovely. Uh, Slughorn is also one of, <laughs> is a very classic, I'm not a racist because I have a black friend. Yeah, no. He literally says it. Like, he yeah. literally, when people are like, it's not a metaphor, Muggleborns are not a metaphor for racism. Yes, they, yes are. they are. Yes, they are. Because yeah. Slughorn literally says, I'm not a racist, I have yeah. a black friend. My exact note was Slughorn is that uncle that says racist things whilst <laughs> denying being a racist being a racist yep you know i'm not racist but i'm not racist but yeah or like, like i can't I think be racist this, but like it doesn't make me racist like it's not racist to say that i hate black people <laughs> because i have a black friend look at this black friend i have yeah and then you're like that's a waiter <laughs> <laughs> that's you and a waiter Oh, no, but we get on so well, even <laughs> though I pay them. Anyway, Slughorn is that person because he's like, I was so surprised that Lily is impressive because she was a muggle-born. Like, I just thought she'd be pure blood. And then Harry's like, my best friend. Hermione Granger. He doesn't say his name. Her name, though. I don't care. From now on, we are full naming Hermione Jean Granger. Granger. Hermione Jean Granger is the best in our year. Thank you for actually Harry and Ron never give Hermione enough credit until mm. Harry really only starts treating Hermione well in this book. Like, yes. He, and he actually starts treating her as a proper friend in this book. Yeah, because Connor asked me this at some point. He was like, please tell me. And I think he was like on the third or fourth book. He was like, please tell me Ron and Harry start being nice to Hermione eventually. And I genuinely thought about it. I was like, Harry does in book, book six. six. And Ron, Ron in the beginning of book seven... Not even really. Like, the last chapter. Her. No, he's really nice at the beginning when he wants to kiss her. Yeah. <laughs> Dirk Cresswell is mentioned. Do you remember who Dirk Cresswell is? He's in book seven. Or he's in book five. <laughs> and I don't want to Google it in case it's book seven because I want things to still be surprising. But I might have to, because is Dirk Cresswell someone to do with who they impersonate in book seven? No, I don't think it's who they impersonate. I don't think it's who they impersonate, but I feel like he's involved in that chapter. My mind keeps going to like, but it's not, but like someone in the hospital, but we know because we just had a reference to someone that was in the hospital. I'm going to have to Google it just to check where it comes up in case it's been book five and I'm being, and we're both being idiots. If it's book seven, I just won't read what it is. Mm. So Slughorn confirms he's the head of the Muggle Liaison Committee, la 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 la. Was he mentioned at the World Yeah, Cup? he's mentioned in book seven. We'll ah. learn more about him in book seven. Fun. He is to do with them not he's yeah he's something to do with all the ministry stuff and i can't remember what but it's confirmed here he's the head of the 
goblin liaison office. He's just mentioned by name and he comes up later. I knew he came up later and I was just like, Mm. It's one of those things where she came up in a pub quiz. I'd be like, I don't remember. And then Harry just sass this slug on. He's like, how do people, how do all these people that you're name dropping send you stuff? Which is unusually like perceptive, perceptive for, for Harry. Harry. I'm like, ooh. Harry burn. knows that mail is a thing. Yeah. Especially because this doesn't actually make sense. Because when Sirius is on the run, Harry still manages to get mail to him. Because owls are magic. But no one at any point, when, like, they're looking for Harry in book seven, tries to send him an owl. I guess maybe that is so high state that you wouldn't want no risk that the owl was going to be interceptive, especially with the ministry under control. I meant Voldemort. Oh, no! Maybe it's because... (gasps) Hermione keeps making the tent unplottable. And she puts like seven different spells on it. Please make a TikTok. It has it not I'm not the first person to make this point. I've heard it before. I'm copying it off other people. But I can still. But yeah, people have pointed out that if Voldemort really wanted to find Harry, just send him a fucking owl. Because Hedwig can find anything. Yeah. But then this begs the question: why could no one? And stuff to slug on because no one actually likes him. <laughs> yeah, but they were before. I know. Yeah, and then Slughorn gets all sad because people can't send him stuff anymore. Yeah, he's doing it for the freebies, which like big mood. And then Harry's like, "Lol, you should teach at Hogwarts." And Slughorn says, "I don't personally fancy the mortality rate." So <laughs> you're right. Just don't teach defense against the dark, dark arts. You'll be fine. Just brilliant sassing from Slughorn. They like he's absolutely right yeah. about the mortality rate in teachers. Slughorn is all about self-preservation. Like, we learn that. He says he doesn't like Voldemort. He's against yeah. Voldemort, but he doesn't want to join the Order of the Phoenix. He doesn't believe in getting himself... Oh, he's not talking about the mortality rate of teachers. He's talking about the mortality rate of Order of the Phoenix, which, mm. again, sassy. And then Harry's like, well, you're safer with Dumbledore if you're in the school because Dumbledore's the one Voldemort's... Dumbledore is the one that Voldemort has always feared. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Harry knows that he should persuade this person out for it. I suppose Dumbledore has kind of mentioned it to him, so he is kind of helping. But also, like, Harry's go-to mode is to be, like, Dumbledore's hype man, you He know? is Dumbledore's stan. Like, Dumbledore number one stan. He's Dumbledore's boy through and through. Dumbledore's boy through and through. It takes... And then, like, Dumbledore comes back and Slughorn's basically like, were you doing a massive shit because you were ages? <laughs> Which, like, oh my god, this is my worst fear of, like, going to the bathroom and having someone go, you were, you were ages. ages. I'm like, how dare you? Why would like, you say that? If anyone like genuinely ever said that to me, I would no longer speak to them. Like, I feel like that's... this is so rude of Slughorn. I feel like this is like a everyone knows. If someone was a while, say nothing. Say nothing. You just breeze past it, even if they're like you're so close to them. I would like with a partner. With a partner, I would take I'd be like, piss. "Are you okay?" <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't be like, "Are you okay?" I'd Don't be like, shut. <laughs> Yeah, but like, oh my god, no! So I mean, it's so rude. It's so rude. I guess he's like trying to make a point that he left in there with Harry for ages, but yeah, still, and that he's like overstaying his welcome. Yeah. So then Dumbledore's like, "Fine, we'll be off," and then they're literally out the door when Slughorn's like, "Fine, "Fine, I'll do it." 
but I want a pay rise, which, you know, mood. And yeah, of course you want a pay rise from when you were last there in the 1970s. Would fucking hope so. I would fucking hope you need at least inflation, mate. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> Rising for the bare minimum here. <laughs> and then as they're walking away, Dumbledore's like, you did such a good do- job. Slughorn likes to collect and influence people. Which is so realistic to people in life. Like, Slughorn is a well-written character because there are these people who just, they don't want to be on top. They don't want to be, like, the minister, the headmaster. They don't want to be that person. They want to be the person behind... Oh, it's just reminding me of people in the government, like... Like Dominic Cummings. Yes. He's never wanted to be prime minister. He's never wanted to be top dog. He wants to be in the background spinning his little his little web of disgustingness yep. whilst also being like, ha I've got another Christmas party to tell you about. I um, mean, iconic moves to PH. Yeah. Like, he's disgusting, but also... Iconic. But he is a slughorn. Yeah. Like, Dominic Cummings is slughorn. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dumbledore's like, he's going to try to to get you in his web. And Harry's like, cool, all right, then. fine. Yeah. So then they apparate to the burrow. And Harry's like, oh, the burrow. Ron and Mrs. Weasley's cooking. <laughs> Yay. That's a good way to view a woman. I don't like the woman. I like the cooking. <laughs> it's cute. He's like, oh, Ron. Ah, food. Ah, food. <laughs> and then Dumbledore's like, I need a quick chat first. He pulls him for a chat. I, I think you'll find. He pulls him for a chat. Yep. In a shed, which I'm like, it's the night time. Why can't you just have this chat in the garden? Yeah. Why do you have to go in a shed so small that they're literally described as like standing here and again creepy? Nancy vibes. Let's not. <laughs> Nancy vibes reminds me of Rita Skeeter in the uh, cupboard. Yeah, especially then, because Dumbledore is like, so, Sirius has died. He'd be really proud of you. So then Harry <laughs> just starts crying in this shed. Look, we've all cried in a shed. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. 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 Not with my headmaster this close no. to me. No. I mean, if anyone has been in that situation, I there would recommend calling the police. <laughs> so he's like, Sirius would have been proud of you. And Harry's like, yeah, I've been really depressed for the last two weeks. I've barely left my bed, which explains why he had apple cores on the floor. Yeah. But like, I love how the beginning of this chapter doesn't describe it. Like he'd been so sad for two weeks. He hadn't picked up his apple cores. It's just at the end where he's like, I lay listlessly on a bed for two weeks. Yeah. And Dumbledore's like, whoa. Whoa. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. And then Harry's like, (laughs) I literally wrote as... Harry does a little Braveheart speech because he's like, I've been thinking about it and I've decided life's too short to be sad and crack up and Sirius wouldn't want me to. And then he goes, which is a really good sentiment and gets us out of this awkward rut of Harry being depressed. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> a bit like, and then Harry decided not to be depressed, depressed. as you all could do. <laughs> if someone's died, just remember... Life's Don't too be short. depressed. <laughs> Just smile. Do some exercise. Put no, a happy or smile if you're on Harry your face. In this book, only start caring about food and women. <laughs> I mean, I'm I already mean, there. I mean, yeah, it's it is a bit like 
Harry decided not to be depressed, but based on book five, I am glad he decided not to be depressed. But then he really doubles down on this little brave heart speech because Dumbledore starts to speak. He's like, I think that's really great. Good for you. And Harry's like, and I thought about it. And with what happened to Sirius and what happened to Amelia Bones, I could get killed any time. So I don't have time to be depressed. But I've decided if I do get killed... I'm going to take down as many Death Eaters as I can. And Voldemort too, if I can manage it. Who asked you? Shut up, Harry. I don't know. What are you going... Right, this is Harry. I've never used a stunning spell Potter. It's suddenly like, I'm going to kill a load of Death Eaters. And Voldemort if they come and try to kill me. This is Harry who, last time someone... The last three times someone has held a wand up to him, threatening to do a Vada Kedavra, he's gone... Really, uh, Expelliarmus or I can't really be bothered my arm hurts I don't really know what I'm doing <laughs> yeah I think what Harry really is thinking here is that this is the year that he's decided to lose his virginity yes yeah clear he's yeah in Harry's brain right now he's like I'm gonna fuck my way through Hogwarts in reality that doesn't go quite to plan because he's Harry Potter I mean he definitely has sex by the end of this book oh yeah I. we'll talk about those uh Moments by the lake. <laughs> Dark corners of the corridor. <laughs> it's all very fanfic, I love it. It is a bit. <laughs> so yeah, after Harry's done this little Braveheart speech, Dumbledore's like, don't tell anyone about the prophecy, but tell Ron and Hermione about the prophecy. <laughs> Which at first I was like, okay, cute. Like Dumbledore recognises they're such good friends and they're trustworthy. And then I was like, no, no. This is Albus Dumbledore we're talking about. This is not a nice moment. This is him making sure that if Harry dies midway through all the Horcrux stuff, which he will, and he has to, there are two more people who know about it to carry on the job. And you can't convince me otherwise. I know it also works in Harry's favour, and Dumbledore knows that, and knows Mm. that it's good for Harry's mental health. But that is not his main priority, and I know it's not. Yeah, I always like to make comparisons to Buffy, as we know this is officially a... Buffy, Taylor Swift, Friends... Bridgerton, Bridgerton and Name of the Wind Harry Potter podcast. So here I go with a a Buffy tangent. But there's like, for your context, like a thing in Buffy about like the vampire slayer is like the chosen one and she's supposed to work like completely alone. And there's other bits in Buffy when she comes across different slayers are like, you freak, why do you have friends? Like you're supposed to, this is supposed to be like a top secret identity you're not supposed to have have, like any friends or any circles so it's like a reoccurring theme in Buffy that the fact that she does have friends that know and that help her is like a strength of hers and like why she's so amazing and I kind of like this moment as like a kind of parallel to Buffy because there are many right of like Harry's made stronger by his friendships and the fact that he does have them oh yeah 100% that's like a that's, I'd say, one of the top, like, key themes yeah, of Harry Potter. Exactly. But then, yeah, there is also, like, the cold Dumbledore side of, yeah, I say they are the backup plan. Hermione is the backup plan. <laughs> Runs the shield so the rest of them can carry on. How much do you reckon... Do you reckon Dumbledore tried to, like, force Harry and Hermione together? Like... No. Do you reckon he let the troll in? <laughs> He's like, Hermione's gone to that bathroom. Yoink, troll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had one in the cupboard. Maybe, no, no. But like, 
It's awfully convenient. I said at the end of book five that like Ron and Hermione, after being injured, make a very clear choice to stay with Harry. And they make this choice again when they when Harry does tell them about the prophecy. But I feel they already made that choice at the end of book five when their lives were so put in danger. Yeah. And they didn't back away from him. But I feel like Dumbledore uses that to his advantage of like confirming that they are roped into the war, confirming that if Harry dies, they're going to carry on. If they die, that's fine. Yeah. Because Dumbledore is all about the greater good. And that is the whole point of the flawed Dumbledore. He is the chess master moving all the pieces. Har- and we know he puts Ron and Hermione as a piece in his puzzle because he gifts them thing in his will. Mm-hmm. Like they then become as important, almost as important as Harry to defeating Voldemort because he gifts them things yeah. in his will. This is him testing them this year to be like, okay, Harry, you tell them about the prophecy. If they stick with you, then... Mm-hmm. They're, they're in this they're in this for life and if they die they die so Dumbledore then, then is like oh, I want to give you private lessons I'm not going to tell you what they're about but you don't have to have any more occlumency lessons with Snape Professor Snape because Harry's like Snape and Dumbledore is going to be like Professor Snape 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 Severus Snape Dumbledore and then Dumbledore's like right leave the shed by the way Molly and Arthur are under a lot of pressure because of having you so don't be a dick and run off yeah he also tells him to keep his invisibility cloak on him at all times this year which implies the invisibility cloak can fold up really darn small yeah which is cool did he have it during his sex sessions with Ginny now I'm thinking about people having sex under an invisibility cloak or just one of them in it that's how Harry gets away with wanking in his bedroom yeah just what he wanted his father's cloak to be used for. <laughs> could you? No, I'm not finishing that sentence. Aren't you? What could be so bad you're not finishing the sentence? Do you want to know? I was going to say, do you reckon that it had his father's cum stains in it? Yes. Do you see why I stopped now? No, it's fine. They're not real people. And that's the end of the chapter. We have a quest. Aside from a line that I really like. Oh, please tell me. Let us not deprive Molly of the chance to deplore how thin you are. It's good. Harry is good because he is thin. Well, He's a good thin boy. No, that's not what I meant. I just like it as a line. It's a very pretentious way of saying let Molly feed you up because you're you've been starved but and it and it is literally what she does he arrives in the yeah. door and she's like food <laughs> but i just like it because it's it's wholesome it shows the familiarity that dumbledore like knows the dynamic knows a lot about molly like yeah. it's just nice and molly shows love through food she's which as someone who likes cooking for people i, un- I understand that it's it's very sweet you never cook for me I keep telling you to have a dinner party. I don't have anywhere to feed people. The floor. <laughs> Eat on the floor. Have a Or have it have in mine. Okay, fine. I'll cook and come round. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. Question. Tell me what you think about me. Woo. Ashley says, what three things would you like to do if you visited the States? And why is one of them getting drunk with me? <laughs> <laughs> Surely you guys would have better things to do. Well, the first one would be getting drunk with Ashley. Yes. <laughs> but let's name three things aside from that. I'm um, going to be really lame because the only things I know about oh the no. are built on like pop culture and watching YouTubers visit oh it no. back in the day. I haven't thought of them yet, but I just know they're going to be lame. I mean, it, one of them's going to be like Wizarding World in Orlando, right? I hadn't actually thought of that, but yeah. 
The thing is, I'd want to do like really basic things. This is what I mean by sound lame. They're going to sound just like really basic. Like I'd want to go to like, I don't know, a food place that we don't have here and just like eat the food. Like You want to go to Applebee's? (laughs) I've been to an Applebee's and it was delicious. Okay, but this is hilarious because like for Americans, Applebee's is like, our hungry horse. Hungry horse are awful. Yeah. But like, this is the thing, because like, and I don't think Americans realise this, and at least until they come to the UK and try our food, but like, in America, they have like standards when it comes to food. And like, if food is bad, they will actually like complain and like refuse to pay and like not tip and things like that. Whereas in the UK, you have a bad meal and you go, yes, that was lovely. That's Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. And it means that our food is terrible. And we happily go and eat at like a hungry horse of Weatherspoons. Just like, yes, I know that this is microwaved, but like, it's just what we accept here. So like our food is bad, like really bad. In America, the standard is so much higher that like they laugh about Applebee's like it's a joke, like it's disgusting. Like it's places that like- in New York and it was delicious. I love Applebee's. My entire family loves Applebee's. Applebee's is amazing. The food is incredible. And if you're an American listening to this right now, feeling sorry for us, you should. Okay, things I want to do in America. Okay, I'm going to think of, like, the whole of America and I'm going to think quite generally. I've always kind of wanted to go to, like, somewhere, like, really, like, deep south with, like, a lot of, like, history. Like, somewhere like Louisiana. Yes. I was literally thinking something similar. I would love to go to... Oh, well, I would love to go to New New Orleans. Yes. Love... I'm I'm going to more go places. Okay, I I do. I I really want to go to, like, San Fran. Yes. I just because of Taylor Swift and how much I loved her growing up and just like how much how cool I think it looks I would love to visit like Nashville Mm. but I would also love to like not just do the cities and this is totally based off like watching the Hannah Montana movie and I'm sorry I would love to just (laughs) drive around some of the more like I don't know like farmy just like tiny town areas and just like find a tiny town that isn't for tourists and just be like okay what is this like like let me just go stay somewhere that is just off the beaten track and see what that is like but that's like i've told you that's why my favorite place i've been to america is like some random ass town in minnesota like um i would like to go back to minnesota i'm trying to think of like specific things because yeah like there's a million and one places i could name but i'm trying to think because like i don't know even things like all the typical touristy shit like that big old mountain with the faces. I'm like, I'm not that eh. interested in seeing the face. Or like the Grand Canyon. I'm like, eh. I'd like to see it at some point. Yeah. Like I Niagara would Falls. if I was eh. in the area, but genuinely I'm just like, eh. okay, I would love to just experience a night drinking in New Orleans. Like I know I want to do that at some point. Yeah. Just like listening to music drinking oh i want to go to central park in new york because when i visited new york for four days it was in the middle of a snowstorm so we didn't go oh. in central park because it was literally like yeah. the snow kept falling and it was up to here and none of us had bought like snow boots or anything and i know they clear it fast but because we we're on quite a tight schedule it just didn't make any yeah. sense i mean we barely like we went in but not very deep so yeah um, i want to i want to just go around central park in new york Maybe just, yeah, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, obviously. I'd love to do that. <laughs> yeah. I just want to drive, you know? Like, I wouldn't, I want to do an American road trip at some point. I know that's really basic, but I want the freedom of having a car and to just drive and just, like, if I pass somewhere, just stop, like, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, similarly, yeah, I do want to, 
do like a train journey and i know everyone's like i'm track shit but it's like uh have you been on uk trains like i'll survive like especially like doing one of the sleeper trains yeah mm. i think that's definitely one of my top answers like yeah. my like dream in life is to do like Definitely in my life, I will absolutely, obviously do at least one sleeper train. But I think like if I could go on like a sleeper train in like all of the continents where it makes sense, yeah. then I would. Be, to be able to do like a sleeper train in Europe, in Asia, in like America, like I just, yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Oh, and my final one, even though I knew more than three, is find a town that looks similar to where they filmed Stars Hollow. Yes. Uh, and just buy a coffee and walk around. That's it. I want to do that. But <laughs> yeah, I think there is an actual town that it's based on. <gasps> yeah. Just buy yeah. a coffee, walk around, be in the moment. Yeah. Good question. Love yeah, that. Yeah, great question. It was really hard, actually, because every time I think of America, I think quite generally, like, I don't think of... It's not like, oh, I want to go to visit this. It's more like I want to go yeah. to experience it. Yeah, I want to see lots of different places, but I'm not sure that there's necessarily... Like, I think it's like, I don't know, all of the touristy things that people would normally say like tend to be things that I've done because it's like Florida-based. Yeah, I'd love to do like the Everglades again. Like I have a video of us like sailing down the Everglades on a boat with... You won't know it, but like the Monkey Island soundtrack, which is the most like, yeah, I'll okay. try and find the video, but it's it's good. Okay. Good question. Good question. Thank you. Let us know what you want to do in England. Yeah. <laughs> that would really make me laugh, actually, if Americans told us what they want to do in England. Please tell me. Go see Big Ben. Ah, it's Big Old Ben. Cost us 22 million to repaint it. Thanks. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Thank you for that question. And that's the end of the episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Rolanda, Wes, Samuel, Nick, Lewis, Layla, Catherine... Gillian, Becca, Ashley, Emily, and Alexia. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.